Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Hallelujah. Okay, friend, praise the Lord. I just want to do this simple broadcast in relation to the question that came to me from a brother as to the meaning of the phrase, the twinkling of an eye, as it comes up in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Verse 51 to 52. Now, the brother sent this question because um, a renowned minister in my country talked about how soon the rapture will be online. So he sent the question uh, to find out what I've got to say. What is my perspective about it? Um, I just feel I have to look at the scripture and say one or two things about that. So, the main thing is... Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1 and 2 says, Behold, I show you a mystery, which are not all sleep, but which shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall stand, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. So, the common belief here is that the rapture will take place in a split second, alluding to the above words. But the truth is, what is the scripture really saying to us? If we look at this uh, word in the Greek, the word moment, as it is used in this particular passage, is the word atomos which in a true sense speaks of that which is indivisible or separatable. You better, better listen to this. The word moment in the Greek is atomos. And atomos means that which is indivisible or unseparatable. Something you can divide. Just as the Greeks believe that the atom is the smallest indivisible particle of a matter in existence. Are you there? Now, notice that the word for actual moment in terms of time frame and in the Greek is the word politica. And politica is used in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 when it talks about our light affliction which is but a moment cannot be compared to the glory that should be revealed our light affliction for the moment so the one moment here is parotica and parotica is different from atomos what Paul used in First Corinthians 15 is por, it's not poritica but atomos. Are you there? Okay. So, in the case of poritica, 
like you find in Second Corinthians four seventeen, is talking of an instant or momentary affliction. That's what I'm saying. The suffering of the present time or the moment, Paritika, cannot be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Alright? But when you come to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty-three, the Holy Spirit never indicates the moment to mean that of time element, such as seconds, but it is in the sense of a translation, our motor bodies receiving a change in such an instant of time, so brief that cannot be divided or measured. I want you to pick this. When you talk about moment, the atomos, the Holy Spirit meant to teach this. It's not talking about time element, but rather it is in the sense of the translation that we're going to experience in our motor bodies. The receiving of such a change in an instance of time so brief that cannot be divided or measured. That's what it means by the word atomos. Not politica. Alright. Therefore, to be changed in a moment, atomos, will suddenly mean a change in all of the makeup of our cell structures. The atomic structures of our bodies are very substance into the glorious substance of his resurrection body or resurrected body. The type he rose with from the grave. You find all of these, for instance, you, you see, you take time to read the book of Romans chapter 1, and you, you, you look at verse 3 to 4, this is what you're going to see. Romans chapter 1, 3 to 4, um, it says, Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God, with power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Can you get that? This is a different body entirely from the one he wore, or he was using, or he was going about with in Palestine. That one is declared to as according to the seed of David, but when you come to according to the seed of God, you receive a new body, a glorified body. And this is what that place is talking about in 1 Corinthians 15. The change we are expecting is to come like unto his glorious body. In our atomic structure, every, every sex structure of our body receiving a change. Amen? So, surely there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. You know, if you look at the book of 1 Corinthians, for instance, um, we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 44, and then 49. I mean, you read from 44 to 49, for instance, or just the two verses. This is what you're going to see. Uh, 44 says, The body which is rose is, 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 is shown in the natural body. It is raised in the spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. Right? Verse 47, the first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As, who, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. 
and as the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. 49. And as we are born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Can you see that? So there are two types of bodies. If you take time to read this passage, you'll find, as Peter even talks about it, that we have that which is called celestial body, and there's celestial body. Look at verse 40. I said, there are celestial bodies, glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. You see, there is also a celestial body and a terrestrial body. But the glory of the celestial is one, the glory of the terrestrial is another. Can you get that? Praise the Lord. Amen. So, this is the point. Here, we're talking about a change into that glorious body, which is a celestial body, that Jesus finally picked up when he was from the grave. That's what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 15. Now, this spiritual body is a resurrected, glorified body with which he appeared to the disciples. If you take time to read the Bible, and uh, for instance, you look at the book of Luke, when he rose from the grave, what happened? You know, the disciples, they were all afraid, they were all, you know, in hiding because of persecution, fear of the Jews, and all of that. So, finally, Jesus rose and then he showed up. Where they were, hiding themselves behind doors. In the book of Luke, 39, and, um, I mean, 36 to 39, the book of Luke, and this is what it says. Um, 36, right? Okay. Now, as they say all these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and suppose they have seen a spirit. That's the ghost. And he said unto them, Why are you so troubled? And why do doubt arise in your heart? They said, in behold my hand. In other words, look at my hands and my feet. That it is myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. As you see me have. Spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. Can you get that? Praise God. Now, it is the same type of body that Moses and Elijah appeared with on the Mount of Transfiguration when they came speaking to Jesus Christ in Matthew 17, 1-3. The same type of body. The celestial body. Now, we can see that this resurrection into a glorified body is directly connected to the influence of the blowing of the last trump. The message at the fullness of time because the message itself contains life. It has nothing to do with the rapture, lifting people up into the sky. Now, there is something I would like you to pick up here. The word above, for instance. We need to understand, when the Bible uses the word above, it's not talking of a direction upward into the sky, because when, 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 when this rapture thing is preached about, or talked about, you know, they direct your attention to looking up into the sky, so your hope is Jesus is coming from the sky, to rapture the saint and take you away. But I would like to pay your close attention to this fact here. In, uh, in John chapter 3 verse 31, for instance, Jesus used this word. And this is what he says. Hallelujah. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly. And speak of the earth. He that cometh from above is above all. What did he mean to say here? He meant to say he came and he said in a higher dimension of the realm of spirit. 
Jesus never floated down from the sky above us. He never came down from the sky above us. Amen? Get a point. But he said he came from above. So what does that mean? Again, when you look at John 8.23, he said the same thing to the Jews. What did he say? Speaking to the Jews, he said, And he said unto them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Are you seeing this? Now, this is not telling the Jews that he is from the sky and the Jews are from deep down hell beneath. But simply that they are from a lower earth realm of life as compared to his habitation. The realm of spiritual heavenlies. For instance, a quarter of Finland's territory lies north of the Antarctic Circle. And at the country's northern point, the sun doesn't set at all for 60 days running during the time of the summer. It's far up in Norway, the northernmost part inhabited region of Europe. There is no sunset from approximately 19th of April to 23rd of August. Why is this? Because the earth is spherical and not flat. I'm trying to make you see something. You, you see, when you point up, for instance, in Nigeria, where I am, if you're pointing up as a direction, you're pointing up, upward into the sky, and you think that is heaven, or you mean heaven above, someone in the tundra region will be pointing downwards. This simple knowledge of geography can tell us that to say heaven is above doesn't mean upward movement or direction. Are you following this? I want you to get this fact. Listen again. In this world that we're living in, in Finland, the territory that lies north of the Arctic Circle, and at the country's northernmost point, the sun does not set at all for 60 days during the summer. The sun doesn't set. A continuous day, no sunset, that is to say, no night, for 60 good days. Now, in Swabab, Norway as well, the northernmost inhabited region of Europe, there is no sunset from approximately 19th of April to 23rd of August. No sunset. It's a continuous day. So, they just know the change of day by the time, not the sunset, not the evening and the morning, as the case may be. Why is this so? Because the earth is spherical, the earth is not flat. So you're standing right here in West Africa, and you're pointing up into the sky, and you feel that is where Jesus is coming from. Somebody in Norway, somebody in Atlantic region, Atlantic region, where will he be pointing to? If he's pointing upward, then the person is pointing downwards. Can you get that? Hallelujah. So, to be born from above, or to be coming from the sky, in the language of Jesus, when he said, I'm from above, doesn't mean it's from the sky. But he simply speaks of being born from the spirit realm. He's coming from the realm of spirit. Is that okay? I need you to get this. And so, when you look at the book of John, for instance, uh, he said this to, to Nicodemus when he was talking about the issue of being born again. You see, in John 3 and verse number 6, you know what he said? That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
right? And the seventh day says, Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. You see that? Now the word again actually means from above. You must be born from above. What is it supposed to mean? You must be born from the spirit realm. So be born from the spirit realm doesn't mean you're going to travel out of this earth and then be brought back or I mean, I don't know how to describe this to you. But you see, it's the invasion of God's spirit into your spirit man, bringing and producing the change. Hallelujah. So we are not talking about twinkling of eye, meaning something that's going to happen and in a split second, the atmosphere opens, Jesus flows down from above, from the sky, picks you up. No, there is nothing like that. That is not what the scripture is talking about, my friend. Yeah, it's simply discussing the atomic structural composition of your being that will receive a transformation. Moving you from this earthly dimension of life into a glorified body. That is what he's dealing with. Are you with me? It's not talking about its movement. It's not dealing with that. Is that okay? We're talking about putting on a glorified body. That is what it means. So what it means to say here is, what is going to happen is in the atomic structure, in the twinkling of an eye, the atomic structure, in the moment you receive that change, that you suddenly don't even know how it's going to happen. Let me put it that way. Is that okay? That's what it means. You know, a typical example is fine. What Paul was talking about here is uh, Second Corinthians 5 verse number 1. And you see what it says. For we know that if our earthly house, this sand is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Praise the Lord. Did you get that? And verse 4 says, For we were in this tent grown, being body, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality might be swallowed up by life. Praise the living God. That's what it means. That's what he's talking about. Now, this experience, for this thing to happen, it will happen in such a moment that your atomic structure, your body, your cell structure, receive a spiritual transformation. In other words, we all will not have to go through the grave to get into that resurrection life that Jesus had. This is what Paul was discussing. He wasn't discussing the rapture into the sky. I, I just feel this will enable you to go into studies so that you can understand precisely for yourself. My friend, the point is this. Don't be dogmatized. Don't be indoctrinated to believe what the scripture doesn't say. Whoever is speaking what is not an indication that that is God's intent. You don't have to take your doctrine from somebody because it's a big, big stop or big, a big name within the body of Christ. No, you've got to go to the scripture and find out what the Bible says. Align the Holy Spirit to teach you what the Spirit is have intended when the word was written. So what am I saying? Praise the living God. In the twinkling of eye, have nothing to do with a moment, but rather is talking about the moment that relates to your atomic structure or the atomic structure of your body. The word moment is atomos, which speaks of that which is indivisible or separatable. Is that okay? And it's different from the word 
parakika. Parakika means a moment, moment in terms of time. But and that is Second Corinthians four verse seventeen. But in First Corinthians fifteen and verse 50, 51 to fifty three or fifty two rather. When he talks about, be assured you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, uh, we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last room, for the, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall rise incorruptible, and then we shall be changed, have nothing to do with split second in terms of time, when the trumpet sound and everybody is gone. Praise the living God. I hope I help you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Obaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidobaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.